Hello, everybody, and welcome back to Ultra Hope Girls, a Danganronpa podcast. This is 6.2, because chapter 6, we just talked for so long, we couldn't keep it into one episode, we had to do two. Um, so in this one, we'll talk about the ending of the game, whoa, crazy, and Ooh. all that jazz. Just a heads up, this episode will spoil the entirety of Trigger Happy Havoc. All right, well, enjoy our second half of discussion, and with that, let's get into it. I'm Maddie. I'm Marin. And I'm Caroline. And we're the Ultra Hope Girls. One, two. Welcome to the Don and Rupa podcast. You're on the threshold of an amazing episode. Showtime. Do we want to move into the good lord, the trial? Yeah, oh, I, I mean, I'll have the DVD time. Oh, shoot. Oh, yeah, let's do that. So it's basically just a video of everyone saying, yeah, I'll live here forever, which would be <laughs> really, I think, hard to see if you didn't remember it. Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. got to be a weird out-of-body experience. I think that's pretty much all I have for that. Yeah. I mean, trial time. <laughs> trial time here. <laughs> yeah. I mean, this trial kind of comes in two phases. It's like the first part is the presentation of all the evidence we found, basically. Mm-hmm. You know, and so at this point, we've come to the conclusion that Junko is, in fact, the mastermind working with Muguro, Queens, killing it, literally killing it, killing people. And then the second half is like Junko kind of like explaining everything and how it happened. There was one quick note I also wanted to share is like kind of as we, the big reveal, I think of this chapter, I correct me if I'm wrong, last chapter in chapter five, we didn't necessarily, we didn't find out that it was a recycled body, right? Like this is the chapter where we find out that this is the body of Mukuro who died as Junko earlier and is now, you know. And there is something that, once again, going back to Hiro, our boy, um, who, yeah, the second playthrough around, I like him a lot more than I did the first time. But in chapter four, right after, I think it's right after Celeste's execution, Hiro says, oh, there aren't going to be any more murders. The spirits told me so. And you know mm-hmm. what's funny is he was right. Because the next death is a suicide and the one after that is a recycled body. So there weren't any more murders. I like yeah. Hero Hero was literally right. <laughs> I wrote down a bunch of his quotes throughout the game because I was like, huh, maybe like these will be right. And I have two <laughs> more that actually three more that I want to share. Hero says, maybe all the students here were murdered or something, which is true. You know, most of the students were murdered there. And then he says about Byakuya, he just acts like that to hide his own insecurities. That's what I like to think anyway which is probably true. And then he says, um, usually when there's a scene where an important character dies, it has a lot more detail, which is literally the game. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Like, wow. Hero really throwing out some things here. The the moment when Hero, I think, Marin, maybe you brought it up last, in chapter five, when we were talking about the bad ending with them in the school and Hina with all her children. There's a moment in Hero's free time events where he's like, Makoto, you and I, like, our children will have the same mother after he's doing, like, a psychic reading or something. <laughs> and then if you get the bad ending, that's literally true. <laughs> because, yeah. you know, that's all their <laughs> so children. Funny. Oh my God. I actually have something, like, pre-trial, just really quick before we get into the actual trial. Yeah. The elevator rides. 
those, this one really hit me hard because this is when, I mean, the start of the trial, you know, they don't trust each other because of these pictures, which are super obvious. And like, it's like, come on guys, but um, no one trusts each other, but the elevator rides are so good. It's like a check-in every time, like a mental check for the game players to be like, like these numbers keep getting smaller. And like, these are the people who are left. It is always a solemn ride. And it is always very much like, I don't know, like just a moment of like, we're really here again. And like, yeah, that really hit me this time watching through it. Um, and also Makoto calls the, uh, the elevator ride this time, Climaxium Sorrow, which I thought would be a really funny title. Climaxium <laughs> Sorrow, ew! It was just so good. That's disgusting, Makoto. Why are you bad at, ugh. Being a <laughs> Caroline gave him one win and we're done. That's yeah, he, he just zeroed out again. I'm that's negative points for Makoto. <laughs> negative <laughs> points. <laughs> All right, Caroline, take us away. What you got? We get into the trial room and Monokuma takes the 16th seat, which is incredibly like representational because it's like that is Junko's seat. The other seat was Muguro's, and so now like that 16th seat is sort of explained and finally being used, which is kind of cool. I also have a quote that of Monokuma, and this is also like, an, I feel like I found two quotes this time. <laughs> There's another quote Yay. that kind of sums it up for me, is that every end is a promise of a new beginning, which really hit me really hard. Monokuma says that. And it hit me a little hard because like, honestly, like right now, you guys, after finishing this game, I'm in a little bit of like a post-game like sadness of it being done. But like, you know, we all know now because the games are released that there are sequels to this, <laughs> this game have now come <laughs> out. Um, I know, crazy. And so it like made me like, like that, it's true. Like there, and then there is also a new beginning for these people in their lives that they get to start over and like maybe Toko and Byake can get married and like maybe Makoto can be cool and maybe actually learn things and like not be a loser. And, you know, I don't know. <laughs> I mean, in one of our very first episodes, we talk about that 16th seat. And I think I said then that that was my gut was that Monokuma was going to use that 16th seat. But I didn't think it was going to be as a person um, when I first started playing the game. So that was kind of cool that it was like a full circle moment. You know, he actually yeah. did use it. <laughs> That's yeah. so true. And I thought of that immediately, Marin, that part in our for, for last yes. episode or like earlier episode when I was playing. I was like, oh, yeah, that's what Marin said. (laughs) (laughs) Ah, yes. (laughs) One of the next things that happens is we play Hangman's Gambit and we get amnesia. And that's a little bit of a cliche. I can't say I hated it, um, but this game kind of had a funny way of making cliches interesting. I mean, we have amnesia and we have twins. Like, that's just about, I mean, how much more cliche can you get, really? (laughs) but yeah, so we find out the kids have amnesia. That was probably the least shocking thing from chapter six. I think I thought that from chapter two, maybe yeah. one. That was very <laughs> clear, I think. Yeah. yeah. I also, I'm kind of with you guys with the big themes thing. I do have like one quote I just would like to share because do it. it was like kind of one of those moments I was like, mm, yes. When, you know, they're trying to figure out the mystery of like, what's the outside world actually like? And then like, you know, Makoto, Makoto. <laughs> sorry um and like and like makoto is like oh like genocide jack and toko don't like share memories like maybe like you know genocide jack remembers biakia says to toko i've waited this whole game for this quote he says (laughs) 
He says, Toko, you're the only one we can rely on now. Your beauty is beyond compare With golden locks and skin so fair Miyakuya Togami Miyakuya Togami And hearing him say that, I was like, all right, they're getting married. Like, that's it. That's all the evidence I need. Which <laughs> <laughs> is a little pitiful, but it's... But you know. then she sneezes, like, 0. 0.2 seconds Immediately. Later. She's like, all right, master. Yeah, <laughs> it's literally, like, you're the only one I can rely on. Achoo! I was like, whoa! <laughs> okay, brother. <laughs> <laughs> we got it. Oh, yeah. oh my God. Okay, um, so maybe we should start with, like, before Junko comes into the courtroom. Like, while we've still got Monokuma, I mean, I don't really have a lot there. The only thing I have really is, we talked, Maddie referenced before that Junko wants them to solve this mystery. She does. And I think it's really kind of a strange shift, because I think before Junko comes out and, like, from behind Monokuma, she's still trying to win the case like maybe trying to prove to the world that despair will win against these students and then afterwards she's trying to convince the students to accept despair but before it's really she's still trying to win i mean there's a point where monokuma it's when you play like the clicking game to the tempo he's saying all these things like la 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 and like not listening and just like <laughs> being the absolute worst <laughs> And like, at one point, he's like, hey, Makoto, remember that video I made of your family dying? And Makoto's like, what? What? Why are you bringing that up now? (laughs) Yes. Yeah, it was really interesting. I don't know if you guys had any thoughts about that. I think at one point, um, Junko says something along the lines of like, despair is chaos, or chaos is despair. And it just connects back to that for me. Like, yes, Junko may have wanted them to figure it out, but she might have also been messing with them along the way just to confuse them even more and to cause them more despair, more chaos, I right. would say. No, that's fair. Yeah. yeah. I have one, I have a thing. I have a thing. Do it, yeah. So, you know, we find out, in order to prove that the person behind the mask isn't Kyoko, we finally see her scars on her hands. And yeah. something that kind of, like, confused me or I had a question about is this game has, you know, really, st- like, not steered away from the gruesome graphic deaths and stuff so why do we never see what her scars look like i just i don't know why and and like you kind of like i guess in the anime they never show it it's kind of weird she's like here look and it's like the camera never pans down she's just standing there and looking and it's kind of weird (laughs) yeah um especially with a tv show like the fact that they didn't anyway whatever um but like in the game you kind of see it a little but like you don't really and i was wondering why they were so careful I guess or didn't show that I almost wonder if that was like out of respect for Kyoko like as a character like if if it was a choice on a part of the creators to be like if you're pretending like treating Kyoko as if she's a real person trying to protect that part of her because it's something that she doesn't really want to show and so it's like okay she needs to show this because the other characters need to see this in order to solve this mystery but like we don't all need to see it you know what I mean? Like, the mm. scars are there. We know that they're there. But we don't need to see them? I don't know. It's yeah. a good question. Yeah. I definitely thought that, too. I was like, okay. I mean, I wouldn't cool. like her or dislike her more. 
because of that, you know? Yeah, I don't know. It was just kind of, it felt like an interesting choice. I do think, Maddie, I think your point is probably the closest to probably yeah. what they were thinking with that. Yeah. But, yeah. but definitely I agree it was a deliberate choice. Yeah, for sure. You can't just yeah. overlook that. Or they just ran right. out of money and time. That's also actually <laughs> could very much be what happened. Everything... <laughs> Everything in Dong and Rampa, though, is so intentional. And that's what I love about this series. Everything is so intentional. So the only thing I've left from before Junko comes out is not really related to this case, because I don't think he does it in this case. But um, every time Makoto kind of solves the case and you have to put the circles into the comic strip and then it solves it, I just like to imagine in the courtroom, he's like, I'll solve this murder. And then he stares off into the distance for literally 30 minutes, like (laughs) solving the case in his head. And they're all chilling in the courtroom, like... Oh, he does this every time. <laughs> but we put up with it because he's always right. <laughs> like Yeah, literally. But like oh. yeah, that's just yeah. my thought there. I I could say like one thing before it, it's kinda like before we realize that Junko's the mastermind, when we learn about the amnesia thing, it just makes it so sad because it's like I mean, like that, that how awful would that be to like realize that you have been like murdering or I guess whatever you've been in this situation where people have been murdering each other and you were best friends with these people and you forgot about it. I mean, despair. Hello. Like that. I can't think of many things that would bring more despair than that. And it's, it's just like, it's just awful. Like, and also the fact that if the outside world really is like kind of destroyed and they were murdering each other for nothing. Like, all the motives that Monokuma has presented don't mean anything. Like, their loved ones are probably dead. Like, nobody cares about their secrets. Like, money can't get them anything. Blah, blah, blah. Like, all the motives are meaningless. And, like, they were murdering for hope because they wanted to leave. They had the hope of being able to leave. But it was false hope because of all of this stuff that they don't realize. And I part of me wonders if Monokuma slash Junko actually hoped for someone to become the black and get away with it because everyone else gets executed and they're like oh I get to leave I get to graduate now and then you leave and you find out that the world is like that I mean how awful would that be I like that to me that is like the peak despair you know like that would be horrible if you were the last one left and you were like oh my god finally I get to go home, but now I have to bear the guilt of like having killed all of my friends. And now I'm going out and, oh my God, the world is destroyed and my family is gone and my home is gone. And now I'm alone. And I mean, I have to say though, I think I said it in the chapter two or three case. Why do people believe that these motives are real? Why? It doesn't make sense. Like don't murder. It's not that hard. Like Celeste murdering for money. Like, that is not only a false hope, but it's an evil hope. It's not good. And you can't excuse that murder because she would have gotten something from it. Yeah, that it's murder. And oh, it just bothers me so much that these people were like, oh, well, like, like I could get out. Like, it's okay if I get out because like, no, it's still bad. That's not a good ending. You know, like, oh, I just oh, gets me. I don't, I don't like it. I we're gonna have a severe conversation about ethics I can guess in like a couple minutes <laughs> yeah because yeah. I'm gonna say like yeah I'm not saying that if let's say like Kyoko mur- committed the perfect crime and got out 
I'm not saying that what she did is right. That is not what I'm saying. And, and I think we may have said, talked about this a little bit in the first episode. I think we might've cut it, but like we talked a little bit about like, this is like extreme. These people are trapped, woke up from fainting. Now they know they have no memories. And so like any ground of anything to grab onto for like foundation is gone. And so these people have built a house on sand. They're building a house on sand. And so any <laughs> biblical reference. Biblical reference. <laughs> <laughs> and so like, it wouldn't take a lot with that shaky foundation already to completely wa- wash it away, like, and, and convince somebody. And again, I'm not saying like what they did is right, but I'm saying that I don't think we can really s- know what that's like and, until we're in that situation, which hopefully we never will be. But yeah, I don't know. I mean, I, I, I think that's why I'm not quite as like opposed, strongly maybe. opposed to it. Yeah. I think this is probably a good time because now we're kind of bringing up the question of like, um, I know Marin had this question as well, like how much responsibility should the students have for what they've done versus how much of that responsibility falls on the mastermind. Mm-hmm. I'm kind of with Caroline here. I think Marin, I think you disagree, but I'm kind of with Caroline that yes, even if they, they do have responsibility for what they've done, they've chosen to commit these murders. They were like manipulated so strongly into p- being put in a situation where they where they did that and I think I don't think it absolves them of responsibility but I think they do have less and they should have like should be judged at least just a little less for that I mean I think most of the responsibility I think the primary responsibility falls on Junko above all because it was her plan it was her like that they did exactly what she wanted them to do so you said they were manipulated into it those manipulations were very physical things it was like oh my family's more important than yours so i'm gonna murder i want this money i'm gonna murder manipulation like presenting money and saying i manipulated you to do this that's just someone being greedy and then committing murder that's i don't think that's manipulation i think that's just an evil person doing an action because they want something for themselves in a very selfish way. But I mean, the manipulation also involves the brainwashing or brainwashing. I'm sorry. The, the memory wiping, the trapping them in the school, the um, like making it into a game where nobody can trust anyone, the introducing the rules and like the graduation, like all of that, all of this plan that Junko has orchestrated is set up, setting up a situation where people are pressured into killing each other. It's but like the, the pressure it's is like- evil. Like the, I, I think we're saying some similar things. Like it's not okay. I think we're agreeing that in that way. But like setting up a closed scenario and being like, we're in this locked school. The only way to get out is to murder someone. That doesn't mean you have to murder. Yes, it's anxiety causing. And yes, you don't have memories. And yes, I haven't been in this scenario. So I don't know how I'd act. But if I watched me from the outside commit murder to get out to see my family or to get out to have a lot of money or to prevent a secret from getting out, I hope that I would be treated poorly for my crimes. (laughs) Like, that is not okay, you know? Like, it is it is a very tough scenario, but being in a locked room and being told the only way to get out is to murder doesn't make it okay. That just makes it unfortunate. And yes, an evil person trapped you there, but, like, that doesn't allow murder, you know? I hear like, you. Yeah, I hear you. And, and I, I know, I agree that they choose, like, they make a choice to commit murder, but I also feel like just given the situation, it's like, 
it's just a cruel, such a cruel situation to put people in that spot where they feel like they need to murder someone to get back to their family. I do agree and it's with like, that. Yeah. I don't know. Caroline, what were your thoughts? So I'm going to talk a little bit, like, I, I, this is a very, like, there, this is a gray area to discussion. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. this is like, there are a lot of aspects to look at here, but I think like it all kind of comes back to Junk, the nature of this game only works because of humanity and the nature of human, like, ability to fall and to not trust other humans you know and that is like for whatever reason you know i think most people are i don't know this is kind of a generalization but i think most people are less likely to trust others that they don't know like we see like we were saying and talking about the zero-sum game and like trusting other people in the prisoner's dilemma and all of that stuff i think that yes what everyone did was wrong but it only worked because of the nature of humanity period you know, and that, and like, that's a kind of a separate conversation, but like, it's I nature think nature versus nurture, I think is exactly really it's, what I think, we're debating here. I think it's worth just bringing up that aspect of it because Junko knew that it wouldn't take much of her own behind the scenes steering to make things happen. You know, she even described it as a seed. Like yes. it wasn't, it wasn't, uh, I'm forcing people. It was, I'm just going to put this little tiny seed in their minds and it's going to grow on its own, which is kind of, I think a really good summary of what I'm trying to say that the fact that something so small, yes, she nudged them. And I think she even says those words. I just nudged you in the right direction. The fact that that led to murder means that these people might not have been the best people from the start. You know, Mondo has a severe rage problem. That's not okay. He should have gotten help. Like Celeste is very greedy and willing to commit murder for money. That's a problem. Like, you know what I mean? So like, I I get what you're saying. And I do think that the mastermind nudged. I definitely don't think it's 100% on the kids, not in the slightest. But I think I'd probably call it 40-60 on the kids if I had to kind of divide up the blame. Because yes she put them in a scenario yes she offered the things that would make them want to murder most but that didn't force them to murder for me the memory wiping makes a huge difference because if they hadn't wiped their memories if they knew each other they were all friends like i don't think this would have happened at all but the fact that they saw each other as strangers i think made it a situation where it's like they almost felt like it was okay because they're like i'm gonna sacrifice a stranger because my own family not that that is okay, but Trolley I think problem. that. <laughs> <laughs> but I think that, I think the memory wiping for me makes a huge difference because I think because Junko is the one who did that. Junko is the one who wiped their memories because she knew that if she didn't do that, her plan wouldn't have worked. And so, it's like, yeah, but should those people have seen strangers and thought it's more okay now because I don't know them. It's the trolley problem. It literally is. And I mean, ethics professors have been going at that for a while. So there's really no answer here. I think that I'm still sticking with my idea because I don't think it's more okay just because you don't know them. Yeah. I don't, I don't think it is either. I, I think it just creates a scenario psychologically where it's easier to murder. And that is like, I know because Marion, you've read the Lucifer effect, right? It's like when you ha- are in Great a situation book. where, you- yeah, it's an amazing book. But, but the whole idea behind that is when you're in a situation where your identity is like not, like the identities of the people around you are not as strong, whether it's because you're t- playing a role or in a disguise or whether it's because you're surrounded by strangers who don't know each other. It is, it like, 
there's a disinhibiting effect of that. Mm-hmm. And then you are so much more likely to do things like hurt that's people. That's true. Yeah. And yeah, and, and it's, I, Junko knows that. And I think that's exactly kind of the scenario that she was trying to create. I think just like, are we good if I kind of wrap things up with this? Like what yeah, I'm going to go say? For it. I think that the point of this whole conversation is also like, I think, I think I, I'm with you, Maren. I, I really do think I agree with you or at least a 50, 50, like, you know what I mean? I think it's like, you know, pretty much equal responsibility on both sa- both sides. But I think, you know, the point of having these conversations is like, you know, I think Maddie and I, I think are just trying to bring up points that it reveal. And I think you already know this too, like why it's more, it's just more, co- it's more complicated. There's just more to oh, look, yeah. look at and it doesn't excuse what they did at all. But I think it's important to, you know, look at all facets of a situation and understand, Absolutely. you know, but like high key, like I'm out here like thinking while you guys are talking, I was like, Celeste would probably do this in real life. Mondo, I could see him accidentally, you know, killing someone out of anger. You know what I mean? So it, just, yeah. it you know, and then Leon, it, it was like kind of, you know, I, that was kind of a funky wild time, but like, yeah, these people could have done that. And also the creators of the game, when they made this, the reason why they made them high schoolers is because they wanted them to be redeemable. They wanted people to watch literally children, like high school students go through the death penalty. And that makes us think, did that person whose brain was not fully developed deserve the punishment that they were given? You know, like, and that's just, that, that's how I, this game is genius and why it is really smart. Yeah, agreed. We are going to take a quick break, but before we go, we want to let you know that we have a Patreon. Uh, If you would like more content from the Ultra Hope Girls, we would love if you can give any donation at all. The lowest amount you can give is $2 a month, and you will get access to extra episodes, the Ultra Hope Girls Discord, and so much more. We also have a Facebook. We now have an Instagram, a Twitter account. We have an Amino, and just a whole bunch of ways to, to get more in touch with our listeners. But we hope you check all of those out, and we will be right back. Back. 